Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Ed Pohl, who is the CEO of Law Biz Management. He advises law firms and their leaders on practice management, business development, and financial matters. He's a nationally recognized practical guide to, uh, to profit. His advice has benefited national, regional, and local law firms. He's unique in that he has long-term experience in both business and law, uh, having practiced law for 25 years as well as being the CEO and COO of several manufacturing businesses as well as a consultant to small and large law firms for 15 years. He's written extensively in the field of law practice management, more than 10 books, hundreds of articles, and many blog postings. Uh, His audio work set the standard in both his audio magazine and now his podcast. Um, And he is also a fellow of the College of Law Practice Management, a charter member of the Million Dollar uh, Consultant Hall of Fame, and a leader of the year of the ABA. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ed Pohl. Thank you, Linda. It's great to be here with you. Well, I'm glad that you're here with us. And Ed, as I look at your uh, website and I look at all the things that you've done, and I I couldn't even read them all here because it's just a long list of products and uh, books and audio tapes and all kinds of things. It's it's just amazing to me about how many products that you have created to help market your business. So tell me, why do you create products? What does that do for you as a consultant and as a business owner? Well, that's a great question. I think I I create them because I can, number one. (laughs) And number two, um, it just seemed to me to be the right thing to do. It was interesting because my very first book was The Attorney and Law Firm Guide to the Business of Law, and the American Bar Association asked me to write that book. And at that stage, I thought, well, nobody wants to hear what I say. Nobody wants to read what I write. It's too obvious. I mean, what I do just comes naturally to me, and it's just obvious. It took me about two years, and then I still hadn't written anything. And I heard at a conference that I attended somebody behind me saying that we've got to get somebody else to write this book. It's never going to do it. And that got me mad. (laughs) And within six months, I had the manuscript completed and in their hands. And as I say, the American Bar published that book, and it was a bestseller for them. And once I had gotten over, I don't want to call it writer's block, because that's not really what it was. It was a confidence block, I think. Perhaps a self-esteem block, I'm not sure. But once I got over that and saw the reception that my work was having on people, and people telling me Well, it may be obvious to you, but it's not obvious to anybody else. One idea after another kept coming into my head, and I just, you know, I was pushed. I didn't pull it. I was pushed. I'd go to sleep at night and have the intent of having a peaceful evening's rest, and in the middle of the night, uh, an idea would strike me. Oh, I can do that. (laughs) I got up, and I started writing, and then I finished that, and I went on to another, another, another. And it was interesting because the first thing that started was, I was uh, listening to an audio tape um, 
being uh, that, that was created by the president of, of uh, National Speakers Association. And one of the comments about products that he was talking about was being able to leverage your intellectual capital mm. to produce it in other formats. I mean, we all know that some people are visual and some people are audio and some people are kinesthetic. But when he was talking about leveraging your your mental acuity, I I turned it off and I and I started to think, wait a minute, leverage, leverage. That's a interesting concept. I had been in business um, with my father, and um, my dad was perhaps the master of leverage in an economic sense because he started a business with $1,200 of borrowed money, and we had what we had, which was not inconsequential. And I said, you know, I've learned at the knees of an expert. What can I do to leverage? I've leveraged in my own economic way over the years. What can I do to leverage intellectual capital? And by the time I got home, after three or four hours of driving and uh, several conversations I had at the at the meeting, I had the idea to create an audio magazine, hmm. similar to the one that I had been reading, or listening to, rather. And so that was probably the very first product I created was an audio magazine. And then from there, we went to the book and other things, and articles, of course, and so forth. That's great. So I, I think one thing I just want to kind of touch on a second that I know some of us, uh, myself included, we all have this expertise, this intellectual capital that's in our head, but you said something very interesting. You said that a lot of things that we think are common sense, there's a whole audience for people out there that really want to hear that. Absolutely. They don't know what you know. Right. And because you do it so often or because you were raised in it or because you have studied it so diligently – it seems to come easily to you, and therefore, because it becomes so because it comes so easily to you, you don't think that anybody else would be willing to read it, listen to it, or, God forbid, even pay for it. But it seems to me that there are six good reasons why you want to create products, boiled down uh, to um, number one, it's credibility. Uh, it, when you produce something like that, it makes you more credible to the people who are listening or reading to you. Number two, it expands your client's knowledge. If you do nothing but send it to clients with or without pay, it expands their knowledge. The more knowledge they have on your subject, the more questions they're going to have. The more questions they're going to have, the more they need you. And that's essentially what you want. So the third deal is it's a marketing tool. It's a tool to let people know who you are and what you do. I'm a believer that you can never sell anything to anybody. I mean, you know, the suede shoe image of a, of a salesperson I think is a misnomer. You have to allow people to buy from you. So how do you make that transition? You make that transition, I think, by educating them on what you do, and then if you're accurate, it resonates with them, and when they need what you have to offer, uh, they will they will call you. Right. A, a fourth reason is it produces and improves the teamwork between you and your client, because if they know what you're bringing to the table, they're going to be more receptive to your ideas and uh, more 
intelligent in asking the right questions that will enable you or trigger you into giving you the better advice. You know, and the fifth reason is if you are really serious about this and produce a, a receptive item, an item that is that is receptive to the to your public, it's an additional source of revenue. They call this passive income, income that's clicked into your website or otherwise uh, while you're asleep. Uh, and the sixth item, which for me became the most important ultimately, uh, was. Uh, the idea that it creates a legacy. When I was in the food industry, I could go into the restaurant or I can go into the supermarket and show my kids, that's what your grandfather and your father produced. Mm. You can eat it, you can touch it, you can taste it, you can you massage it, you can show your friends. That's tangible. As an attorney for 25 years, there was nothing that was tangible about what I did. I could have been the attorney in Brown versus Board of Education for those in your audience who are old enough to remember, or any Supreme Court uh, case that was being argued, and that was all intangible. Notoriety, maybe, but not something I could show my kids. And so when I produce a book or I produce a writing or I produce an audio or a, or a DVD product, it's tangible. Yep. Years from now, my, my, my kids, my grandkids, and maybe even my great-grandkids will be able to look at this and say, that's what my dad did. That's what my grandfather did. That's great. That's wonderful. So thank you. That's six great reasons to create products. So one of the things I know when myself and I'm sure a lot of the people listening, you say, gee, there's lots of good reasons to do that. I've got the intellectual capital. I've got the ideas in my head. But where do I start? What kind of products should I create? So what are your thoughts about that? Well, the kind of products to create um, is really a function of your industry, really a function of your skill, and most important, a function of what your audience is, who they are, what is it that they do. Uh, My audience, for example, would have a hard time with uh, DVD because they multitask so much, and to sit and watch the television screen or the monitor with somebody as a talking head speaking on and on and on, um, it just wouldn't work. On the other hand, if you're in technology and you can use the Internet and you can show on the, you know, draw graphs, create process visuals and the like and engage your audience that way, then um, a DVD might work, uh, a webinar might work, but an audio product probably would be more difficult to, uh, to be well-received. Right, so it depends on your audience. Mm-hmm. So when should we consider creating products? Where were you in kind of the evolution or the life cycle of your business when you first decided to start creating products? Well, I think that the kind of time frame for starting the product development is probably when you first open your door. Okay. And the reason for it, the reason I say that is because I have a broad definition of product, and when you open your door, you have made the decision that you're an expert in something, that you have something of value to offer to third parties. And the key there, then, is to let other people know. Well, how do you how do, you do that? You're, in a, you're a marketing expert. How right. would you do that? What would be one idea that you would use? 
What would one idea that I would use? Yeah, for if myself. You were, yeah, for yourself or a client. If a, a client. client well, you know, we we would certainly um, for products we would we would start um, talking, have articles. We would there you go. Start doing blogs. There you go. See, showing in, thought in, leadership. In today's in today's world, the blog is easy to create, and that's an electronic article. Right. When I started, we didn't have that. Not that I'm in 1902 or anything like that, <laughs> but but the internet wasn't quite that strong. And I mean, I've been doing this now for 20 years. This is my 20th anniversary. Wow. And um, the so the internet wasn't that strong, but the idea of communicating was. It, it's it's historic. You know, it's back to biblical times. Right. You've got to get people to know what you do. So the easiest way for me was twofold. One. I had practiced law for 25 years. I had been a leader in the Bar Association, and I would call my friends over the country, across the country, and say, bring me to your conference, your annual conference. I want to speak. I want to let people know that I'm no longer accepting cases on referral. I want them to call me as a coach, as a consultant. So bring me in. So they did that. So speaking is is a product, and if you go to do a presentation, always have a recording. Never go where you're not recording. If they're not recording you for whatever reason, then you record yourself. Right, absolutely. So now you have an audio tape or a CD or whatever the, you know, the technology allows you to do, or an MP3 download, you know, whatever the technology allows you to do, you now have a product. Number two, do articles that get published. I am now a syndicated columnist. And, so, and I write an article every week that's syndicated in, I think, six or seven states. And, you know, that didn't come overnight, but those are the first two articles I started with. So when should you start to create a product? When you're an expert, when you think yourself of being an expert, when you want evidence of your expert status so that you can show a third party, when you want to enter a new market, when you want more people to know more about you, that's when you start creating products. In other words, start now. Start now. Right. Yep. In fact, start yesterday if you could. That's right. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Now, the product, the kind of product that you produce, you know, that'll vary, and it changes over time. Uh, but, you know, you've got newsletters, you've got articles and trade publications, seminars, surveys, books, I mean, on and on and on. Absolutely. If that so just depends on your audience. You've mentioned the articles, and, and I know if I go to your website, there are a ton of articles that you've written. You've mentioned that you're now syndicated in columns. How did you get started writing articles, and is there kind of a trick or a process you can share with us for successful both writing and, and placing articles? Well, the process is simple. Just don't sleep. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but I would start with, with short articles, anywhere from 500 to 2,000-word articles. I no longer think in terms of pages, especially with a computer, because right. I my I think now through my fingers and not with a with a pad of paper and a pen. But I I I would go with with short articles to start with. Take a look at the publications that are in your industry. Take a look at the business journals that are in your community. Start there, uh, and and write short articles and, and go from there. The other thing that I would do is there's nothing that goes out of my office except literally my blog that is not professionally edited. Okay. Perfection is not required, as 
uh, somebody we both know says, the success is the orientation. And I'm not here to write the next version of War and Peace, but I think my writing is pretty good. Years ago, I think it was around 1970-something, a friend of mine was writing a book, and he asked me to write an article at the time I was practicing, uh, a chapter, rather, in his book, okay. at the time I was practicing law. And I thought that would be a great way to get into the uh, entrepreneurial market, which is what I taught at UCLA and USC. And um, I wrote an article, I mean a chapter, the selected aspects of starting your own business. Okay. Submitted it, and the book was published by McGraw-Hill. Before they, they published it, obviously there's a galley proof. The galley of my chapter was sent back to me. And I looked at it, and I called, I called the guy and said, Art, what is it that I just got? He said, that's your chapter. I said, you've got to be kidding me. It's nothing like what I submitted. <laughs> the editor had done a complete rewrite, made it much more readable. Yep. And so much so, I didn't recognize it. I mean, wow. my work today, uh, I, in fact, literally, literally today, I just finished the final... Uh, edit review of uh, my 13th book. It's going to be published by uh, West Thompson Reuters uh, later this month. And it is pretty much the way it was submitted. Now, I don't know if I've gotten better or my reputation is such that they're not willing to cut and, and, and chop and <laughs> so forth as much as my first effort. But i I got to tell you, I learned to check my ego at the door when it comes to this. I have a professional editor who deals with what I write and uh, makes it much better. That's important to know. That's important. So, so you've mentioned about the books. So let's. That, this is kind of a nice segue to talk about your books. So tell us a little bit about the types of books that you've written and uh, and how can how can we start the process of of creating a book? It seems like such a big mountain to climb. It is a big mountain, in my opinion, notwithstanding the fact that some people say that it's easy. You know, you, you get 10 points and you write two hours a day and, you know, you can finish a book in two months. I'm sorry, uh, that person can. Uh, I cannot. Uh, and I've written a fair amount in my day, uh, not as much as he has, but still uh, more than anybody else in my profession, in my industry. And I can't do it that way. It can be daunting. One way to start, if you have not written before, and I've done this before, I've done this, uh, is to write the articles we're talking about. Write articles uh, frequently. If you can get weekly publication, that's great. If not, monthly. And if not, that quarterly. But get yourself out there and start writing. And then, when you've written enough, what you can do is um, you can bring those articles together and create a book of those articles. You edit those articles to refresh them, make them current, and then publish them in a book format. That's a great idea. Well, I've, done, I've, got, uh, I've got two books I did that with. One is called Secrets of the Business of Law. Mm -hmm. The Business of Law is my registered mark. Right. And I've said, and I've gotten, that registration was in 1995 at a time when lawyers never put business and law in the same sentence. And um, 
because it's unprofessional to do that. But it's called The Business of Law. And then a couple, three years later, I had another book called More Secrets of the Business of Law. Ah. And, you know, I just gathered all the many articles, put them in a format that made sense, categorized them, and then had them all edited and put it into a format, got the graphics and this, that, and the other. And I've got two books now that way. That's wonderful. That's I mean, that among, the, among, so the 13, among the 13, two of them are the articles that I was doing, and I've got many more articles. I can't do that again because I've just written too much. Right, right. But that's great. So so I think, I think what you're saying is break it down into kind of digestible pieces Absolutely. you can get your hands around. Absolutely. That's great. And well, don't make, you know, what's the Chinese expression? The the long journey starts with the first step. Right. Just start. Just, just start, start. Get on writing. the road and move one foot after the next. That's right. Just start writing the articles. The rest will come. Start doing interviews like you're doing. The rest will come. I mean, I on the podcasts that I've done, and I have done many podcasts, uh, they're all interviews of others who I think are experts in what they do and that they are contributing knowledge to the legal community, which is my community. And I now have done the, um, what do you call it, the video casts. Right. And we just celebrated our one-year anniversary. I, oh, I do one video cast each week. And that's me as a monologue for anywhere from five to ten minutes. At some point, I'll get an idea on what to do with all of those. I don't know yet what to do with them. They <laughs> they may never come together, but somewhere along the line, I, I may have an idea. But I'm doing this in bite-sized chunks. Right. That's great. So tell us, Ed, I mean, this has been wonderful and very informative. And you're such a prolific creator of products. What kind of results have you seen for your business from having these products available? That's a little bit more difficult for me to to answer with any degree of certainty. Um, I can tell you that um, at one point uh, early last year, or maybe the year before even, I looked at the revenue that I was receiving, and at that particular point in time, and I don't know what it is today, but at that particular point in time, the revenue that I received from writing accounted for 15% of my total revenue. Okay. Um, which is not a small number. No, that's, that's quite reasonable, yeah. It also, I think, establishes my credibility in the community. And when I can say to somebody... I've written more about the practice of law than anybody else. I've done more audio, more video than anybody else in the community. And that has some uh, cachet. Absolutely. That carries weight. Absolutely. That's great. Well, thank you, Ed. We really appreciate your being here and sharing this with us. Uh, and it certainly is inspiring to get me and hopefully those listening uh, out on, and on the road one step after the next to create our own products. So we definitely appreciate it. We've been chatting here with Ed Pohl. Ed is the principal and founder of Law Biz Management. He's also the author of the soon-to-be-released book, Growing Your Law Practice in Tough Times, which will be out this year in 2010. It'll be out this month. It'll be out this month. There we go. So thank you, Ed, for being with us. My pleasure. Great. Until next time, this is Linda Popke from Marketing Thought Leadership. 
We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.